sales, sales, sales. You don't have a business if sales aren't coming in. Sales bring in money. They create work. They advance your business. They build the future you want. And if you don't sell stuff, you don't have a business. Welcome back to the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series. And guess what we're talking about today? The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Christina, welcome back to the podcast. I'm very excited to speak to you. It feels like ages since we've spoken. What's been happening? Hello, I'm so excited to be back. Um... So, you know, just plugging away at marketing, cold outreach, finding people who I'd like to have as clients. So yeah, just kind of consistently, I've ramped up the volume that I've been doing in that regard. And have you had any responses? Because that's the bit. Has anyone replied? What's happened? So I have, um, I think a week or two ago, I got a response back from someone that said, basically... We have a client near you that was saying they need photography. I'll check out your work and get back to you. And then, you know, I kind of, oh, and they also want to know, are you only in that area? You know, what areas do you cover? So, you know, I responded back and they said, great, thanks. We'll check it out. So I think at this point I need to follow up with them again and just see, you know. Yeah, because that was two weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah. So be like, you know, I think at this point of follow up maybe is like anything you like, do you know, did you want to? discuss hop on a call did her or his footer have the phone number in it oh i believe it does yeah they've given you the way to get in touch with them i would ring her or him say hi i wanted to follow up really keen to work with you what happened with the client what happened with the shoot where are you with it okay yeah so i'll call I'll, i'll follow up by phone and what's nice about that one is it was exactly one of those where I'd emailed someone else at the company and they forwarded it to this person. Awesome. Because so. I think the question that comes is how long should you wait to follow up with someone? Right. Do you have a sense of that? Do you know how long to wait? Do you know what to do if they've emailed saying they'll get back to you? Um, I feel like generally one to two weeks. If it's two weeks, what changes within two weeks? I guess if it's two weeks, they may have either hired someone for the need by then. Yeah, two weeks is a long time. Yeah. In terms of business, so much can happen within two weeks. Things change. I've moved continent in the last two weeks. Things change and everything happens. So I would say two weeks feels like an awfully long time. If they've come to you and expressed interest, they've got a live project they're thinking about, it's worth following up in three or four days and saying... Did you get the stuff? What are you working on? What are you looking for? How can I help? And having that chat as quickly as possible. And quite often, these things are prompted. The motion is prompted by your phone call because they've got the email back. They've looked at the website and then it's just sitting there. And it's the phone call that prompts them to go, yes, we need to book this or yes, we need to do this or you know, they can actually ask you the questions that help them get to make progress on the phone. Because sometimes the email just sits there and you go, I ought to ask this person this, but it just kind of doesn't happen. So it's the phone yeah. that makes stuff happen. Okay. That makes sense. 
I had an idea, Christina. How about we hit pause and you ring them now and then we'll catch up in like two minutes when you've chatted to them. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> cool. Okay. I will sit here politely. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> Hi, Lance. This is Christina Russo calling from Fresh Print Media. I'm just uh, calling back to follow up on our last email. Really love to work with you. I'm interested to hear about the client in Anaheim that was looking for new photography. Um, if you have any kind of direction, I'd love to discuss if you were able to check out my work, anything that you really uh, gravitated towards. Uh, give me a call back when you have time. My number is. Thank you. Bye. All right. Awesome work. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, what do I say? Well, it's excellent because. Like even leaving the voicemail, sometimes you leave the voicemail and that prompts them to reply by email because yeah. um, it's easier. But also they hear your voice and hearing your voice, you sound like a nice person. It's like, oh, <laughs> they're good. not just an email. They sound nice. It makes life a lot easier. They're also not a scammy bot trying to get my credit card. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, it's a real person with a real business that wants to work with me. It's not just an email. It's not just a scammy thing. Yeah. Yes. So that is excellent. And I am super impressed that you just made the phone call and did it. I think earlier in my career, I was not good at just making phone calls. And if someone had done what I did to you just now, I would have had a panic attack, sweated, and found it very difficult to make that call. So I am super impressed, Christina. I mean, I could have had a panic attack, but I feel like, you know, I, the challenge of being online with you while doing it, just, <laughs> you have to rise to the challenge, right? <laughs> and you did brilliantly. You did brilliantly. Yeah, because one of the most important bits with sales is that follow-up. And the follow-up is not always going to get you a yes, but it will get you an answer. And it's better to have an answer than it is just to have lots of open loops. So we just need to keep going positively and eventually those people come back to you. Yeah. Yeah, so good work. Excellent. So you've up the number of emails. We've got a lead coming back to us, which is fantastic. That's the first one that started to come back to us. What else is challenging you with your business at the moment? I think the only big challenge aside from that is like I've I've done a lot of very intentional work and planning, which is kind of new to me. I mean, this whole thing has been like, oh, well, let's just throw up a website. Let's just, you know, so I've done, <laughs> I, I spent, I was like, okay, you know, new year, new start, new, you know, new goals. So I've actually spent a fair amount of time for once mapping things out, like where I'd want it to go, what rates need to be to get where I want to be. And then ideas of stuff that I can kind of create, you know, around that. And just, I guess, defining things for myself a little instead of just kind mm. of a, a slapdash. And then the other thing I've been doing is stuff, I guess, like this, but in general, just trying to, I guess, put myself out there as an authority on what I do, especially since I have a pretty clear niche. Yes. So for example, I reached out to, there's a po another podcast I listen to. It's a female freelancers and they always have a cocktail with every episode. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. They're talking about martinis. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, they're talking about martinis and they, they didn't really know much. So I sent them kind of some of the info that I have in my old bar training manuals that I wrote up. 
And they're like, oh, this is awesome. Would you like to come on? So um, oh, awesome. I actually did all the featured cocktail recipes for February for them. And we did an episode. So stuff like that, where I can kind of just get, you know, I guess a wider audience through sharing expertise in a way. So I've been trying to like kind of make that a, another little part of my, I guess, general outreach and something I can share also across like the networks like LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn's been going well as far as following Eric's kind of rotation of adding people. I'd say the majority of people that I've emailed then add me. So then, you know, kind of just keeping them, I guess, mm. in the rotation for, he said, you know, maybe 60 to 90 days, he starts emailing them again. Yes. So I guess it's kind of like that brand, like Coca-Cola, that just puts it in your face all the time. And then you have like, <laughs> you know, like you have brand recognition, even though maybe you've never even had it. Um, yes. So I think like, you know, just being kind of more in front of them than starting up the whole thing again. So I think at the end of the day, my challenge is time, which we've talked about. And that's, you know, I'm plotting my exit from my job. So that is kind of the big thing that's limiting. Well, we had the three criteria that yes. you wanted to get before leaving, which uh, it's nice to have actual criteria, which number one was the car. How is the car going? Is it going? So the frustrating thing is it goes just fine. But, you know, we have our smogs and uh, our government rules. So I'm supposed to have an update. I should have had an update yesterday. So I have to reach out today and see if I have an update. So this is I basically just bought a second car in the meantime to drive around because it's frustrating not having a car. Um, yes. In Los Angeles, anyways, some places you can manage. And then there's also COVID. So taking the bus isn't the most mm -hmm. exciting thing. <laughs> so once I get it back, I can, you know, resell the other car, which will be good. So hopefully we'll have movement one way or another on that. And that should be tied away. The other criteria was booking a client, a yeah. client from outside of my warm circle or warm market. and Which oh, we're getting closer, but yeah. we've not done that one yet. Um, no. I feel like we've made huge progress towards it, but we still haven't got there. What do you think has stopped us from doing that? What do you think we need to, well, I guess every call we're enhancing what we're doing. We're changing the emails. We're changing the methodology. Every call we seem to be making progress, but is there anything you feel like we need to do to make that move forwards? I think personally, I need to probably make more phone calls. And other than volume of contacts reaching out, I'm not really 100% sure. Well, I think we've got the volume of people we're reaching out to. We've got the question of, are they the right people, which we believe mm -hmm. they are. And we're definitely making progress. And we've had a green shoot of someone replying saying yes, which is fantastic. So we've got a sign that we're on the right track. I think the phone calls could promote action. Because sometimes you get the email and you go, okay, I'm not going to follow up that. But you get the phone call and you're like, okay, she's a real person. So maybe leaving a bunch of voicemails one Friday afternoon to the people mm -hmm. that you've been following will start to promote some more action. Because you've done the research into these people. You've sent the email, you know their projects, you know who they are, what they do. It feels like just reading that first email that you sent to them and then making a call and saying, I'm Christina. I sent you this email. I loved what you did here. I want to speak to you about this. Give me a call back or reply to my email. I feel like that's quite an easy way to kick some energy into the campaign. Yeah. 
because business to business, there's no better tool than the phone. If we were talking business to consumer, we'd be having a different conversation because you don't really want to be ringing people whilst they're having their dinner in the evening. Yeah. Uh, but work, they kind of expect it. They want, well, it's interesting when you get those calls. It's very interesting. So I think kicking that up would be a great idea. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think there's been a little bit of fear, but now that we've been through this whole thing and I'm getting very comfortable with sales in general, and that was something, and that's the biggest thing through this whole process. I don't know how to say process or process anymore because now I'm confused (laughs) after talking to you. Uh, um, If we're American, we would say we're making progress on the process. If we're English, we would say we're making progress (laughs) on the process. Uh, so uh, I think the biggest thing through all of this is just being comfortable with sales. It's not something I've ever, it's something I've always shirked from and been a little scared of. And, you know, that's not logical, but it is what it is. And so through this process and practicing it and finding the contacts and just reaching out and, you know, subsequently not immediately falling through a black hole, uh, I've gotten <laughs> more comfortable. And so I think now that I'm really, really comfortable with emails and a little more comfortable with calls, I just need to get fully comfortable with the calls as well. Mm. So what do you think has changed? What's been the shift where sales has gone from this sort of dark, evil, avoid it thing to this, oh, it's just this? What's changed? What's happened? I think it's a few things. On one hand, it's just repetition of doing it and realizing that no one's blackballing you or putting you yeah. in timeout the moment you email them. <laughs> no <laughs> one's died yet. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not life or death if they don't want my email. And I also realized that how big these companies are, a lot of them, there's multiple mm. people and it's not like I emailed one and they've alerted the whole company to watch out for me. <laughs> so, you know. The Christina list, watch yeah. out for this Christina. She's trying to help us. Yeah, it's not like a bar where they, they kicked you out for being drunk and they've put your name and picture on the wall. Uh, Has that happened before? Uh, there, there are, not for me personally, but it happens to people. Uh, but, you know, that's that's part of it is just seeing that the consequences of not being, I guess, wanted are very minimal. And then... Secondly, is also the mindset shift of going from I'm trying to get money from you to I'm trying to help you. You know, I look at someone's social media or their website and I say, oh, wow, their pictures could really be updated. You know, they need help. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, (laughs) starting to look at that shift and or just, yeah, shifting my mindset on I'm providing help to someone, not I'm trying to get your money. Because I think before, even though I didn't necessarily feel like, oh, I'm just trying to take your money, but I felt like sales was kind of gross and slimy like that a little bit. Mm -hmm. So that mind shift set of like, how can I offer to help? What am I offering? Kind of like, what can I take off your plate? You know, all those kind of helpful thoughts is is a big shift. That was exactly the shift that happened for me that enabled me to make phone calls, enabled me to sell. And my business started to take off after I'd made that shift. And it was every time I sell a pop-up business school course, I get 50 new entrepreneurs that I can help build businesses, change their lives, give to. But if I don't sell, I don't get anyone to help. 
And for me, that was the biggest shift that allowed me to go out with force and energy, make phone calls, send emails. And my business partner, Simon, and I have both struggled with this exact subject of making those sales. And the thing that I learned over the years is that the more I learned about sales, the more I learned about this process of marketing, selling emails, calls, the better my bank balance became, the more people I had to help and the happier I was. And it's really interesting because people have this image, like you said, of a scuzzy, shiny suit, dodgy salespeople, and they exist. They're out there. Like the reputation is there for a reason, but actually ethical sales helps people and it makes the world a better place. And that's what we all need to aim for. Yeah, I agree. So we had the three criteria for leaving the job, which we're still working towards. We're making progress. In general, the business that's coming in from your warm list of clients and people you've worked with, is that side of the business flourishing as well? I will say that January has been a little slow, Mm. which, you know, it's been okay in some ways. I know a lot of people right now are actually submitting. So in the in the liquor industry, everything's a little offset with the budgets. So most of them are actually wrapping up their end of year right now and putting together their budgets for they generally start in like March. So January, yes. February tends to be kind of a, a rough time to get anyone to pay for anything or do anything anyways. So I've been kind of following up with a few of the people I work with consistently I have a couple that are actually trying to put in their monthly budget for the new year to have me like basically on a retainer to do projects Fantastic. would be ideal because right now it's, it's mostly piecemeal, but to have like a monthly guaranteed would be perfect. So that's kind of where we're at. I've been taking the lull to, you know, divert energy into to the other pieces of everything we're working on. So one of the things from what I've, what I've heard you say is this sort of cycle of business, which happens in every business. I don't care what business you're in. We've done a few episodes with a guy who runs a craft business and he sells craft boxes for people to do at home. He has a cycle because a huge amount of them are bought at Christmas. Mm, That's the busy period. And then it'll go quiet in January and then it'll come back for the spring. And business goes in cycles. And what we actually need to do as small business owners is be aware of the cycles and then put ourselves in the best position to take advantage of those cycles. So if the drinks industry is wrapping up, because we're recording on the 27th of January, mm-hmm. so I'm assuming the biggest period of sales normally is right before Christmas, because there's lots of Christmas parties, there's lots of promotions, there's all sorts of stuff going on, and then it goes quieter in January when they wrap up the year. That makes complete sense to me. That's going to be coming to an end now and they'll start to cast their attention forwards and the budgeting. Now's the time to go big and get in front of all of these people. Because if we wait until March when they've set the budgets for the year, we won't be included in them. And then we're kind of fighting to get a piece of the pie. If we get in front of them in February, that's when they go, oh, this is great. Let me write you into the budget. Exactly. And they actually plan you for the year. So knowing that, I think February is a key month for us to get in front of these people. And maybe there's an email to the list that you're working on, because it's not a list, sorry. It's a bunch of people we're trying to get hold of. Uh, But maybe there's an email to them saying, right, plans for 2021, 
let me help you go big with this. We're great at coming up with ideas. Let's have a call and see if we can generate ideas for your next campaigns, your next work and help you plan for 2021. Maybe there's that kind of offer, but I feel like this is the time. Yeah, that that sounds like a good plan to kind of get them ready. Because I know a lot of them are kind of their budgets are set to start for March or April. So that's ideal timing. Mm. And then oh, my other thought through all of this, I, I think it's kind of a, you know, the sales, why you're doing sales and you're looking to help. But I've also come to peace with not everyone is my client. And yes. you, if they're not supposed to be your client, you don't want them. And that I think I used to come from that place of desperation, like I'll do anything, I'll match your budget, but like over and like just giving too much also. And that's when you find problem people who I think take up a lot of your everything and you're not really paid for it. So I've come to mm. peace with it. Not everyone is going to be my client and I will find the right ones. And, you know, sometimes that I might mean that. letting go or firing existing clients, even when you start to identify that. But I've really come to peace with the fact that not every person that I need that I reach out to and contact is going to be, you know, my client. And that's okay. I completely agree. And I love that. And actually, sales is the process of identifying whether they have the problem that you can fix, whether they need you, and whether you want to work with them. Yeah. Because I think when I started business, I saw sales as a one-way thing, whereas I was just trying to persuade everyone that they needed me and give me your money, I'm desperate. Whereas now I'm a little bit older. I like to think I'm wiser, (laughs) but let's leave that one out. Uh, And I start to go, do I actually want to work with this person? Am I able to add value? Is it going to be fun? Is it going to be enjoyable? Will we both benefit out of it? And I ask a few more questions like that rather than desperately trying to close everyone. So I think you're exactly right. And that, that energy comes across through the calls, through the emails, and people can sense the desperation. I know they could when I was starting because I was desperate for business and the confidence that comes from, let me just understand if I can actually help your business. Before we dive down the route of you must buy what I do, let me ask you a few questions. Let me understand you. That confidence that comes from being able to do that is phenomenal and people can feel it. Yeah. And I think that's also part of the helping versus solely like, icky sales is if you're sitting there asking them about their business and their needs and actually listening, then I think it makes them really feel like, oh, you want to actually help. You're actually listening and you care. Absolutely. Right. I feel like we need a plan for the next little bit, or are you in the middle of the plan? Tell me, like, have you got the plan of what emails you're going to send, what you're going to do over the next uh, couple of weeks? I do have a plan. I want to follow up with all of my current brand contacts, whether they've worked with me or not. There's a number of people that I know from the larger market that haven't worked with me yet. Perfect. So I want to reach out to the people that I know personally, since I know that they're working on budgets right now. And then I need to finish where I'm at on my current like marketing cycles and my emails. I have a couple different waves going, I guess. So wrap those up and then also start on new ones. But I I think a big thing is reaching out to the people that I already know right now, especially, you know, due to time of year. And also I realized that I haven't been 
as aggressive to reach out to people I know because at some point I think is that seems a little weird. Like you're like, oh well, they should know I'm over here. But <laughs> <laughs> the reality is, is a lot of people don't know what you're doing. They don't even know what you do. Um, yeah, they have no idea. Even if they're on nope. the Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, they might not look at it. So I think it's good to reach out personally. I totally agree. And this was my biggest problem is no one had any idea what I was doing for the first few years because I was like, I've set up a business and I've told everyone once, therefore they (laughs) should know. And like they have their own lives. They're doing their own things. They're busy. They don't realize. Um, And actually quite often they could do with someone like you helping them, but they don't even think it's it's not even in their thought process to go, oh, I've got a photography project. I should speak to Christina. It's not even in their thought process. So I think you're absolutely right. We need to reach out to all of those people, check in. And I think because you know them, make a phone call, ask them how they are, <laughs> ask them how lockdown's going, ask them what they're up to, tell them what you're working on and you're working on the next range of this and you're doing this. And yeah, who should I speak to? Do you know anyone I should speak to? And just ask them some questions and have some fun. I think that's a fantastic yeah. thing to do in the next two weeks. So that's the plan. We've got call your current contacts and connect. And we've got finish the current marketing cycles on the emails and maybe start a new wave. On the new wave, is it worth doing something about the timing of the year? Planning your campaigns for 2021, let me speak to you. I'd love to help. Yeah, I was thinking about that and kind of saying, you know, we're booking like booking content for spring, summer. Obviously, you know, we're not doing winter anymore. Yeah, kind of being very specific about in the next few months, uh, maybe even putting kind of a time deadline on it, you know, a bit of a deadline, like booking content now for spring and summer, you know, kind of need to be in touch by April or, or something, or maybe end of March, even uh, maybe sooner. Yeah. If you're planning your spring campaigns, now's the time to get in touch. So let's book a call and plan yeah. your spring campaign. I'd love to help. So I think, you know, especially moving forward as I contact the people that I've already reached out to, I definitely think it has to have a little bit of, uh, I guess, a time relevance and be like, look, we're, we're talking about spring now. And then, then yes. I can come back and say, oh, summer, <laughs> it's, we're doing it. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, winter holidays and, and fall, et cetera. Yes. And we always need to be selling the next season whilst we're already in the yeah. current one, which I think is a great way to do it. Cool. So we have a plan. We know what we're doing. Should we check in again in two weeks to find out what's happened and what's going on? And uh, I am just waiting for the episode where we can (laughs) pop the champagne cork and celebrate this first customer. Uh, I feel like it's coming. We've had the green shoot. We're on our way. Yeah, I feel like it too. To give up now would be a poor idea. Definitely. Definitely. Here is the Alan summary from episode 10 of the Christina Coaching Series. There's three things I want you to take away from this episode. And the first is business goes in cycles. Now, when you start your business, you don't really know what the cycles are. But as after you've been doing it for a while, you can start to spot people do their budgets about then or people are going out to buy Christmas stuff about then or they tend to buy in spring or summer or business goes crazy or at Easter and then it changes and you start to spot the cycles. And as you do that, 
you can then start to prepare for them. And this becomes the key bit is having your marketing campaign, having your sales campaign ready for when people are most likely to buy. So what I would love you to do now is to think about the customers you have, the customers you want, and ask yourself the question, when are they most likely to buy? What time frame? When do most of the sales happen in my industry, in my space, in what I do? And if you can identify when most of those sales happen, the next question is, what are you going to do to make sure your business is in front of those customers at the time they're most likely to buy? Because business goes in cycles. The second thing I want you to get from this episode is the power of the phone. There is nothing more powerful business to business than making a phone call. Don't leave it two weeks. Don't leave it a long time. Make the phone call because it's the phone call that drives action. And it'll either get you a yes, it'll get you a no, it'll get you a conversation, but make the phone call. And in business consumer, if you're listening to this and you're selling to individuals, there is a time to use the phone business to consumer. And that is when you've had an inquiry. So if someone has come through your website and sent you a message, if you've spoken to someone at an event and got their business card, if you've had an inquiry that they're interested in your business, follow up with a phone call. Phone calls when someone has shown interest are so powerful. Don't do it by email. Emails can be ignored. Emails can be missed. Emails can get lost. Do it by phone. That's how you drive action. So I don't really care. Like if someone's had an inbound inquiry, follow up by phone, even if it's business to consumer. So make sure you do that. Get on the phone. It's one of the most powerful tools. And the third thing I would love you to take away from this episode is Christina's realization that she's had over the last few months that business and sales is about finding people to help. Like if you can create that mental shift for yourself, it will enable you to go out with a renewed energy and a renewed vigor in your marketing and your sales process to grow your business because nothing happens until you sell something. So if you can find a way to feel comfortable, feel good, feel happy about selling to people, you'll start to make incredible progress on your business. <sighs> business can be challenging at times. But I tell you what, if you keep going at it, if you keep learning, if you keep making progress on this journey of business, you will develop the dream business for you. Thank you for listening to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Please take what we discuss, go out there and make it happen. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.